0: so hard to convince a mom that she needs to do these things i don't know why but i don't know if we've become sort of deadened to the advice we're like okay if we don't believe it will maybe really move the needle or what or we're worried about being selfish i'm not sure but i do think that we have to be convinced i actually have a whole chapter basically on outlining reasons why this is important and i think one of the the most important is what you're saying which is that we end up self-sacrificing for our relationships, the relationships that are most important to us, that matter the most to us, the people that we love the most, But when we sacrifice so much, when we lose ourselves, we end up getting resentful and bitter and overwhelmed and we snap at them and we're grumpy and we're not even the person that we want to be. So we're showing up in our most important relationships as our worst selves. And then we're like not even really caring for those relationships properly because we're so depleted and weary. And so it's so important that we get more comfortable with checking in on these things, making these adjustments, allowing ourselves to have needs, and um, pouring into ourselves. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast.
1: Motherhood burnout. Okay, we've discussed it before, but if I'm being honest, discussions like this tend to just add to the overwhelm and pile more on an incredibly full plate. However, this episode had the opposite effect on me. My guest, psychotherapist and renowned relationship expert, Dr. Morgan Cutlip brings an entirely new perspective to the mom burnout conversation. Morgan joined me to share her wisdom and insights from her debut book, Love Your Kids Without Losing Yourself. And in this episode, we delve into her proven step-by-step plan designed for moms of all ages, topics such as confidently expressing your needs, crafting a self-care plan that goes far beyond the stereotypical ideas, knowing yourself well enough to know how to ask for help, and so much more. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to Morgan, and like I said in the intro, sometimes I just feel like, I know, we're all burnt out, we need to slow down, we need rest, we need to stop. But it's the implementation element that we're missing in a lot of these conversations. I do think that Morgan clearly communicates this with practical advice, I'll be making a post for this episode on Instagram. So leave a comment. Let me know how you enjoyed this. Share it with friends if it was helpful to you. And let's get into it. Well, Morgan, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thanks so much for joining me.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. So we were just chatting about how we have this Ohio connection. (laughs) So that was pretty exciting to find out that you were from Medina, Mm -hmm. Ohio, but now in California.
0: Yeah. And like multiple states in between. So Virginia, D.C., uh, Florida for a hot second, then to California.
1: What's your favorite state?
0: (sighs) Don't do that to me. (laughs) I love being from Ohio. I have a lot of pride being from Ohio. I feel like it was a really wholesome place to grow up uh we had a pond on our property Uh like our kids just have no clue what that would be like I like the hardiness that I've developed from being from Ohio but California's it's pretty pretty Mm -hmm. good weather so (laughs) I'm happy here it's
1: beautiful out in California
0: it really is yeah
1: Ohio is not my favorite state my favorite state's Alaska
0: really I've never been
1: you should go. I think it should be on everyone's bucket list. And we did it fairly inexpensively. Seward, Alaska. I think that if I didn't have so many family members in Columbus, I would be moving there.
0: You would move? No way. My husband just went and he's like, that is not a state for me.
1: Oh, OK. Yeah, we like cold weather.
0: Yeah, I don't mind it. It's funny. I, so I always describe myself as I'm sporty, but I'm not outdoorsy. I feel like there's a difference there and I think Alaska may require more outdoorsiness than I than I possess.
1: What do you think? I feel like I'm neither. I feel like I'm <laughs> a mixture of both. <laughs> I'm probably more outdoorsy than I am sporty despite being six feet tall. Oh my but, gosh, um, you're six feet? Five eleven, but yeah, I feel it like it's six it I just say six feet. But anyways. So we're getting off topic. I want to talk about your book that you have coming out. It's called Love Your Kids Without Losing Yourself. And when I saw that title, to me, I'm like, absolutely, yes, that's what I want to do. I want to love my kids, but I also want to have the identity of wife, creator, friend, daughter. I have all these identities. I don't want to lose that within being a good parent. And sometimes I feel like that's a really hard balance to find. So what made you decide to write about this topic?
0: Ooh, so, um, so I, I've been in the field of relationship education for over 15 years um, at my doctorate in psychology, my, my master's in human development and family science. And I, I worked alongside my dad for a number of years, like 12 of those years. And he has the same degree. And he um, he went back to school when I was really, really young. And so I kind of grew up Going to his classes with him, eventually he had a practice where he saw clients, and then um, he started creating courses. And it was like making courses before everybody and their cousin had a course. And um, I would go with him while he taught his courses, and eventually got to a place where I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this someday, I need my own my own credentials. So, I sort of grew up just with a passion and a love for taking psychological theory and research and translating it into practical tools so when I was maybe a sophomore in college I was riding in the car with him I vividly remember this conversation and I said someday I want to do something to help women like you got your thing dad I want to have my thing uh and and I don't know what it means yet but that's what I want to do fast forward many, many years and our daughter Effie was born. She's actually 10 now, which is crazy. And, uh, I I went into motherhood feeling and thinking that I would be like exceptional at it. I I thought I would absolutely crush it. I I had no doubt in my mind I was going to be a really good mom. I always wanted to be a mom. I had the makings of a good mom. And, um, I was smacked upside the head with how intense I felt that loss of freedom, uh, the overwhelm of all the new responsibilities, the feeling of I'm just always getting it wrong, always falling short. I don't know what I'm doing. I thought I would. And I felt totally buried in it. And it was at that time in my life that I recognized, okay, this is what I want to do. I I do not have the answers, but I have the skill sets to figure this out. And when I come out of the that like fog I think that exists for so many of us early on in motherhood I want to help moms navigate this time from and all of motherhood the whole trajectory of motherhood from a more empowered stance
1: absolutely I was wondering if it came from feeling like at one point you had lost yourself that was one of my questions for you
0: I think we lose ourselves over and over again in motherhood and I, I think that that's something in the very beginning of the book like the very first uh, pages of the book I try to really normalize that experience because you know we get these cliches in motherhood of you know put your oxygen mask on first and all that and I just don't think that that's accurate Actually that helpful I don't think as moms we need to go first I think we need a turn and so when we recognize we just need a turn we can also recognize that sometimes we're going to be all about our kids because there are seasons where our kids do need to come first we do need to lose ourselves in our care for them or maybe our partner or our work or all of these different competing demands for our attention and our energy uh, but we just need to be careful of not getting totally swallowed up in it that we We don't come out of the place of being lost. So I think becoming lost is normal, but we need to know how to recalibrate and how to get back in the know with ourselves.
1: So I want to use the word self-care. Sometimes that word gets a bad rap, but... What do you actually do for self-care? I know that that's a priority of your life now, especially after writing this book and going through this process. The writing process is a challenge in itself. I feel like we all lose ourselves when we write something. But now coming out on the other side, getting this book Baby Almost Launched, having your own kids, what does self-care
0: actually look like for you? Yeah I know I have a lot of beef with self-care so I can go on that tangent but but for me self-care is is something that I feel like we have to expand the definition of. I think it needs rebranded and that's what really I I try to do in my book but I also try to avoid the word self-care because I feel like as moms were told to do self-care so much that we're like okay yeah whatever and we don't really hear how important it is and it's lost its power and it's punch so I believe self-care is really about managing our relationship with ourselves we have a relationship with our kids with our partner with our coworkers, with our with our work but we often don't even consider the fact that we have a relationship with ourselves and so that's what I teach moms how to do in the book I teach them what is the relationship what are you managing and how do you do it so that's what I do for my self-care I do these regular self-check-ins where I just tune into me, I scan through the areas that I outline in the book, and I make small adjustments. So sometimes it's, um, sometimes it's doing something for my physical body. Sometimes it's checking in with my energy and making sure you know I've carved out enough time. Sometimes it's stepping away from the pile of dirty dishes and just lounging on the couch with my kids. It's so many different things, but part of it requires. Um, Knowing myself really deeply, which I feel like I do. I, I mean, this honestly, this book launch process has been the most draining for me personally. Um, and I've sort of approached it with the mentality of, "I will burn out. Like I'm going to. I'm an introvert. This is a lot. It's a lot of asking and selling and discussing. And so I'm planning for that. I have prepared my expectations for that. And I think. That's part of self-care. I'm not expecting to come out of this shiny and great. I'm expecting I'm gonna need to really prepare myself to really recharge and rest in a big way after this because this, be, this is gonna be a big one for me.
1: I'm so glad you said that self-care has to do with actually knowing yourself and knowing what you need I mean, I think that is hard to step back and get that perspective of what is it I actually need in that moment. And for some reason, I keep thinking of, they say how when you have a newborn, you sleep when the baby sleeps. And sure, that's all fine and good for when you have one, but what if you have two? What if you have three? I can't sleep when the baby sleeps because I have two other humans I'm watching after. So maybe self-care and knowing what I actually need in that moment. Yes, I I need sleep. That's very true. But maybe I just need someone to come help me with my kids for a little bit. I need them to come help me with my laundry. I actually do just need to go to a coffee house and sit because I haven't been alone and I've been tending to everyone else. So I think you have to know that though. And you have to know the season you're in and have just an understanding of what it is you really need
0: yeah maybe it'd be helpful so there are five steps in my book and I'll walk through because it's like what you're saying is so great because it's touching on a couple of the steps and that's what you find is if you work through them in the book and as you move through the book you start to see how it all integrates so the first is know deeply and the idea is if you don't know yourself really well you can't really care for yourself in ways that actually move the needle we're all different I could write a book of lists of self-care strategies but it's probably not going to necessarily work for you just because it works for me. And so um, we have to know ourselves really well. The second is um, trust accurately. And this is really about how we our self-concept. As moms, we are so hard on ourselves. We tend to see ourselves often in the worst light. So this chapter is all about how do we adjust our self-concept to be actually accurate so we can see ourselves in a positive light. And that has a lot to do with mom guilt and things like that. The third step is rely boldly. And this is about our needs. And so I like that you were talking about that connection between knowing yourself and understanding your needs. And I think that one of the most common things that I hear from moms in my community is that they'll like get that moment alone and they won't know what to do with it because they are so out of touch with what they need. So I help moms figure that out. I also walk through different areas they can think about when trying to understand their needs and you like you're like nailing them it's like logistical like I just need somebody to take the kids the emotional needs connection things like that relationship stuff affirmational do you need encouragement and support do you need purposeful do you have purposeful needs that are going unmet doing something brings you meaning spiritual stuff maybe Um, and then our physical needs and so helping moms really get in touch with those becomes really, really important because I think a lot of us lose sight of that along the way. The last one's about commitment and prioritizing, how we prioritize our competing demands. And then the last one is our physical self. So to um, touch purposefully, which is the closest I get to self-care, but I cover some different things in that chapter. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. So I hope this doesn't sound like a silly complaint of mine. I hope people aren't writing me off when I say this, but my husband was lovely and uh, last December, the day after Christmas, he was like, hey, you've had a really busy, hectic season. I want you to go out to this charming little town in Columbus called Granville. I want you to go stay two nights, get an Airbnb, just be quiet, rest, reflect. I will take the kids for two days. He did a great job. He gave me this time. So I was like, okay, I'm counting down the hours. It's 4 o'clock. I'm going to go. And I just started driving started driving downtown Columbus. I got off in this place called the Short North. Where am I going to go? I was like, I probably shouldn't be drinking alone. That's probably not a good idea. So, <laughs> then
0: you probably okay. should leave the Short North.
1: <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, I'm going to go to Easton. It's an outdoor mall. I'm going to go to Barnes & Noble. I'm going to buy myself a new journal. And then I saw how expensive journals were. So I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go to North Star. I'm going to get some yummy food. So I did that. And then I head out to Granville. And the choices that I ended up making in this first night alone, they were small, quick choices. But it took me so long to make them and to get there. Because surprisingly, what I didn't need in that that two days, I realized this at the end of it. I didn't need time to reflect. I do that all the time. I'm constantly overanalyzing and thinking I actually just Mm -hmm. really wanted to have fun and be with my friends but this time is supposed to be used for this but i actually needed fun yes I I don't really have fun that often
0: no but that's exactly what I'm saying which is that so often when we do get that really amazing time whether it's like two days which is awesome that you got that or it's like you know the they're out of the house for the afternoon we're like we end up kind of squandering the time because we aren't really clear about what we need and probably like you said you haven't had fun in so long that it took you a while to arrive to a place where you're like oh my gosh, I actually just needed to be with my friends. And so if as moms we are better at uh, regularly checking in on these things, we won't find ourselves in this position quite as much because we'll regularly be checking in. What do I need? Oh gosh, I haven't seen my friends in months. Like I just really want to have a night out. I want to get dressed up. I want to do something fun. And I think the thing is, is that sometimes we won't be able to do that stuff right away. Maybe it's not feasible to go out with your friends that moment, but at least when you define it, what you define what you need, it offers some, some relief that you're like, okay, I know what it is I need. I can set it up. I can have something to look forward to. You know, there's, there is relief in defining the actual issue and the need in those moments. mm-hmm.
1: And I, again, I don't want to sound, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. It's late as we're recording this. So the vocabulary has, it's, lost, it's I, left It's left for the day. <laughs> yeah, it's not, I don't, I guess I just don't want to sound bratty or like she has a great life and she's complaining. Cause I do, I do get regular FaceTime with my friends and it's lovely, but I think the fun element, uh, so there's this book called the power of fun, how to feel alive again by Katherine Price. She asks you, what is fun to you? What does that mean? And, we went zip lining, my sister and I, and she was like, that was so fun. And I was like, oh, it was, it was fine. I didn't have fun, so I was like, what is fun? And that's having to learn yourself again, because it's like, yeah. I've done all these things to all these people, what do I wanna actually do?
0: Yes yeah and I think like that's part of knowing yourself again is try is really you know as moms I don't think we change into completely different people but there are parts of us that might emerge that we didn't know were in us and I think there are parts of us that kind of submerge or sort of lessen or go away and we have to we have to get to know ourselves again and we have to uh, regularly keep in touch with ourselves because I think the momentum of life is so fast that it's really easy for us to fall out of touch with ourselves. I feel like it shows up all the time when somebody's like, hey, how are you doing? And you're like, good, I'm great. And they're like, no, 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 really? And we have to go, ah, ah. I don't know you know it's because we're not even really in the know with ourselves in most of the time and so reflecting on what we find fun is so important I know for me um when I I have the most fun I have the most fun either being alone with my husband and doing something like a comedy club or doing something like I love to laugh I love comedians is one of my most favorite things or with our kids I like taking them to Disney I like doing the big magical moments. I'm sure most of us do, but it feels like to me in those moments, it's like I am exactly the mom I want to be in those moments and there's nothing else distracting me. And so it's important for us to know what those things are for us.
1: I don't think this is selfish either. I think that we as moms are called to be sacrificial or it's like this is a sacrificial season and i understand that i get that not everything's going to be fun or it's not going to be about me and i'm okay with that i was comfortable with that and that's why i had chose to have children but if we're missing this element it makes you a worse parent when you're not getting these needs met i've seen it in my own life we all know this it just needs to be like pounded into our heads so we actually apply the tips and tools that you're writing about and that we're speaking to and actually doing it
0: totally i mean i think that's one of the hardest thing it's so hard to convince a mom that she needs to do these things i don't know why but i don't know if we've become sort of deadened to the advice we're like okay if we don't believe it will maybe really move the needle or what or we're worried about being selfish i'm not sure but i do think that we have to be convinced i actually have a whole chapter basically on outlining reasons why this is important and i think One of the the most important is what you're saying, which is that we end up self-sacrificing for our relationships, the relationships that are most important to us, that matter the most to us, the people that we love the most. But when we sacrifice so much, when we lose ourselves, we end up getting resentful and bitter and overwhelmed and we snap at them and we're grumpy and we're not even the person that we want to be. So we're showing up in our most important relationships as our worst selves, And then we're like not even really caring for those relationships properly because we're so depleted and weary. And so it's so important that we get more comfortable with checking in on these things, making these adjustments, allowing ourselves to have needs and um, pouring into ourselves.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you say? I know it's silly. What's one thing that we can do to change our lives? <laughs> we can change our trajectory today, not tomorrow, today. But truly, how would you encourage that woman that does struggle to make the change, That does that's skeptical, that's like, this is a season. I'm just going to ride it out. And then we'll readdress some of these things at the end of it.
0: <laughs> um, what would I tell her to do? Yeah, I think I'm not prescriptive and so my book is a framework and so I always struggle with these questions because it's like I know you want that sexy answer that's like do this one thing and you're off and riding into the sunset a happier mom but I do think there's more to it so I'll give a couple practical things I think number one which is the overarching sort of theme of my book is that you have to regularly tune into yourself I call it um, I talk about it as we have to learn how to mother ourselves like we mother our kids Um, we're already doing all of the good things toward them we need to turn them toward us the short version is go mom yourself so even if you don't know what my book contents are if you get in a practice of multiple times a day or even just if you can fit in once a day takes like 10 seconds just sort of ask yourself how you're doing I go more in depth in the book but if you can start practicing that you'll start to feel more in touch with yourself you'll start to recognize your needs as they begin to creep up here's another thing If you are one of those moms who's like, I don't even know what I need. I don't know where to begin. Here is one simple hack to understand what you need. Think about what you complain about the most our complaints are windows into our unmet needs this can help you start to define those and get really clear about what you need think about you know what you complain to your partner about what you complain about you know we do that like muttering when we're upset or resentful to ourselves um what are you saying when you're doing your muttering because that's going to lend some insight into what you need one more thing i'm trying to give a couple practical things so people can take walk away with stuff but um Our expectations of ourselves as moms are a really powerful force in terms of us feeling like we're falling short in motherhood. When we don't understand what our expectations are, we are not then able to edit them in the ways that we might need to. And so we end up just kind of feeling crappy because we're not meeting them. And so one of the easiest ways to understand your expectations of yourself as a mom uh, is to answer this question the type of mom I thought I'd be is we learn how to be a mom from a really young age from our caregivers from our society from structures we exist in, it all lives inside of us. And then we become a mom and it all comes out in the form of these expectations we hold ourselves to. And we usually don't recognize them until we're like, oh, we feel like crap or we feel like we're falling short or we feel guilty. So use that prompt to unearth these expectations and then decide how to revise them or do something different with them.
1: That's all great advice. The only other thing I would add to that, and again, I'm not the psychotherapist here but friendships have been so valuable to me I mean really throughout my life but especially as a mom especially in navigating three different personalities having different friends in my life that have similar children but having a friend answer that question truthfully to you like ask someone what do I complain about what do you think that I need if everything I've said to you if you were to assess it how would you change things and that might be a vulnerable thing to do But that's what our friends are for. So why not utilize that as a resource?
0: I think that's amazing advice, especially when you have a trusted friend who you know will be direct with you and who will just let you kind of vent. It can be such a nice way to check yourself because a lot of times we hold ourselves to these really high expectations and then we're like, you know, well, I should be able to, I should do these, you know, I should do these things. I should live up to these things. But when we talk to a friend and we vocalize them and they're like, that's absolutely absurd. Why would you think that you can live up to that? It's such a nice sounding board. It's such a good reality check for us. So I think that's an awesome addition.
1: Okay, well, I appreciate you saying so, being a <laughs> therapist that you are. So, Well, Morgan, you have given us plenty, and this is just a starting point for listeners. So where can they grab a copy of your book if they want to do so, and where can they connect with you online?
0: Yeah, so my book, uh, it comes out September 19th. I'm not sure when this airs. Uh, so likely at that point you, when this airs, you can buy anywhere you buy books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, any indie bookstores, Um You can also find out more about me on my website, which is drmorgancutlip.com or my Instagram, which is the same thing, drmorgancutlip.
1: Perfect. Well, if you've never listened to the show before, I do this with all my guests at the very end and I ask them two questions. They're quick fire. Don't think too deeply about it. But the first one is, what has been a beneficial resource to you that you want to share with the listeners?
0: Hmm. A beneficial resource to me has been... you know what, I really love this book, Come As You Are. Have you heard of that book?
1: I have it on the library hold list. Okay, I
0: highly recommend the audio. I'm a big audiobook person, but the reader is so excellent. Her name's Emily Nagowski. And I just think that um, motherhood, marriage, the mental load, which are all things that I just am obsessed with talking about, Uh really relate to sexuality and our sex life and she does such an amazing job of really laying all of that stuff out in a way that's like oh my gosh I have this whole new understanding of how I operate as a woman in my sex life and I think that's such an important piece that um part of the conversation that needs to be had more so that's a resource that I absolutely love
1: yeah no that's a great resource like I said I have it on hold but I haven't quite gotten there yet so can't wait to read it. <laughs> all right. Well, the last question is what is something you can't stop talking about?
0: I mean, right now it's my book. I can't <laughs> I can't get away from talking about it. I think all these things I talk about, I just whether it's the mental load is something I'm really obsessed with talking about. I have so much to say on that. Um, anything in our relationships and, and just the motherhood stuff, it's so deeply meaningful to me. It It's just something that is so just on my heart all the time that I absolutely love sharing about it and just feel really privileged to do so.
1: Yeah, no, I... Can't wait to hear more from you. We should definitely have you back as you get this book out there and launched. I'm sure I could pick your brain about so many things. But your new book, Love Your Kids Without Losing Yourself, and it's available on September 19th, which I believe this goes live. Oh, that's on great! Your launch day. So happy. Thank yeah, you. Happy launch day! And thanks for sharing your book
0: with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was so great to meet you. What did you think of the episode?
1: I hope you enjoyed the conversation.